For those of you looking for a little more in a podcast, you're welcome. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Well, hey, it's Jer. That's right. Co-host of the uh, best podcast in all of higher education, the award-winning Hashtag Getting. That's what you're tuned into. Brought to you by the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering's Office of Communications and Marketing. Uh, Over here, my co-host with the most, as always, is Austin Phillips. Uh, let's see. Oh, the uh, yeah, yeah, elbow patch, elbow patch, bringing them back. That's that's good. I just need my pipe. And yeah, we'll seriously. Be good. Yeah, smoking jacket. Mm-hmm. A nice a smell of a dog. Gather around, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I know that's good. I haven't noticed the <laughs> elbow patch. This is my fireside chat. Yeah, no, oh, that's nice. There you that's go. That's quaint. That's lovely. Yeah, I'll get uh, you one. John Sluice over here on keys, twisting the knobs and hearting the throbs, and <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> Today we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, we've had a lot of special guests since Michael Zabala came on very early in the history of this esteemed um, initiative, this project, this um, labor of love. Well, this will only have one other dean left that has not been on here. That's true. So yeah. this is another one. Check ruining off. careers. Uh, <laughs> oh no, left and right. Hey, every time we have one of these deans on, they get us. They they ascend. Steve Taylor, Maria. Heard of him? Yep. Maria. She goes. Up. Uh, some guy named Chris Roberts. Chris Where's Roberts. He did that thing. No, Maria. So Maria was. Ju- she was the CPAC director and just a professor oh, when we had her on. Okay. And now she's an associate dean. So. I didn't know. That. Oh, well, was, it, was, hey, you think she would have made it without this podcast? Yeah. No, that's this is what it did. <laughs> no. What no, <laughs> <laughs> she had tacked it onto her LinkedIn. Yeah, and right. So this is a professional. Top way. of the resume. She Made went some to dreams the top. Come Bob Carter. He retired. So that was yeah, good. That, that was definitely an <laughs> that, yeah, that helped. There you him. Go. Don't you get any ideas? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. Yes, that would be Janet Moore, Assistant Dean, 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 Dean and Director of uh, Student Services. I'm doing okay. I'm going to get there, John. Don't yeah, you worry. We had turkey earlier. I've had, you know? I've yeah. had, <laughs> having some issues communications wise. Uh, she is joining us. She's heard uh, half of an episode. Always good to have the support from upper administration <laughs> <laughs> uh, for this show. But uh, but thanks for uh, thanks for coming. Absolutely glad to be here. Oh, she's been looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, Just, like a bloodletting. Yeah, <laughs> like a bloodletting. Hey, we'll get ready. We're getting the leeches out. Right. Janet, what is an average day like for you? <laughs> It's more fun than human beings should be allowed to have. Oh, I love it. You do seem like one of these people who actually likes your job. I do like my job. You know, it's a blessing. Yeah, I've gotten that from a lot of the stuff that we've we've written over the years. Well, and, you know, don't get me wrong. We get issues, but they really (laughs) deal with issues. And, you know, you're talking about student schedules, you know, Mm. advising, all of those things that – and I'm sure this time of year, your graduation is around the corner, that yeah. it even gets more hectic. Uh, how do you do it and keep that smile on your face and, and keep trucking along? Well, I mean, in my position, you know, I do see every opportunity that you have to make a difference in a student's life as a life-changing opportunity. So I always lead with that. I do have to check my attitude every now and then. Uh, <laughs> you know, the club. Especially, you know, when students aren't maybe being exactly straight 
forward or forthcoming. And, you know, you have to, I tell students all the time, sometimes, you know, in that relationship piece of advising and student services that we have two paths we can go down. We can go the truth and trust path or the duck and cover path. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some students do tend to go down that duck and cover. Duck and cover, man, right here. (laughs) Right. But I do, every time a student walks in the office, and and this is true for um, the culture of our office. So our mission is to provide a culture of support and encouragement, which is probably about as broad as providing the best student-centered experience in the country. But what that looks like is really providing students space um, so that we listen. Engineering is challenging. So providing uh, a level of support that meets the level of challenge for students. Now, I'll tell you that, you know, I do feel like advisors are on the front line with students constantly. I mean, every interaction that you have is an opportunity to make a positive impact or a negative impact, honestly. So when a student comes in the office, you know, the first thing that I remind myself and we remind each other is like, we don't know what the student is experiencing today, what happened yesterday, and even maybe many days before that. So it's just starting with that relationship. It's so important to us. And, you know, I do think it's it's about making a difference. And And if we can be and have that opportunity to be the motivation for a student to to stick it out in engineering and then they go get a fabulous job and they send us an email back and say, hey, you made a difference in our life. That's really what we're about, you know, talking about about making a difference where we're recording. This is in the Shelby Center Um, just a few years ago, just here in this middle building we housed. Our student services, we housed our recruiting and scholarships, right. we housed yeah. our Center for Inclusive Engineering Excellence. Everything that's in Brown Copel now, mm. we had in these little small spaces, our tutoring. I mean, we, we had yeah. just opened a, a tutoring room over there. Now we have this expansive facility, 144,000 uh, square foot facility that we're able to you know, take the life cycle of a student from the right. time that we start recruiting them from when they're in the third grade till we're getting them jobs and internships there mm-hmm. on that main level. What has that facility done for your office? And in particular, what all you all are doing with the tutoring aspect? Of oh, it? it's amazing. W- yeah. What has that done for y'all? Well, and you know, that's a testament to Kathy Friedenreich. She's uh, the manager of our academic support services, and she um, comes from a background of working just like me. I came from working with student athletes primarily in higher ed, and and you just realize that that there's a lot you can do when you come along beside a student and you provide um, services and and meet them where they are. She takes that philosophy, um, but she also knows that you've got to train a tutor to do that in the right way in a welcoming environment. Academic shame's a real thing. And, you know, I will say that probably one of the biggest things that we have to fight is that tendency for smart people to think that they don't need help. And what we want to do is change that narrative. And Kathy's done a great job in doing that and and how she's trained her tutors. We've gone from about six tutors to 45 a semester. So uh, we actually have more tutoring Uh, appointments a semester than the university academic centers. And I think that's just because of the visible 
representation of what we're doing is right there in Brown Copal. So we call it the fishbowl, but honestly, it does give students, when you see other students getting help, it normalizes that. Right, right. So that's what Brown Copal's meant for us, particularly in the tutoring side. Man, I love that. Development has raised more money than any other unit. We're sitting here, we're tutoring more. Have we ever just thought of, I mean, they're holding us down. Have we we ever thought of like just breaking off? It'll just be the Auburn University, Samuel Bean College. Yeah, the Ginn University or something. (laughs) I swear. Ginn, the program. Uh, What is a uh, psychometrist? Oh. <laughs> Janet, I'm looking here at some background yep, info right. from you know your, your background. Yeah, my master's is in psychometry, so it really just is psychological measurement. So I gave IQ tests. <laughs> really? <laughs> Educational assessments. I did. Thanks for joining us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be she's too smart for this. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, no. So be, uh, I gave those IQ tests because that way no one could give me one I didn't already know the answers yeah, to. Oh, there oh, you go. Smart. Hey, <laughs> very smart. Yeah. Who was the smart? What was no, the? No, uh, it wasn't just IQ tests, but. But really, it was educational assessments, you know, so helping diagnose learning disabilities or differences, and then also providing support, you know, or services. So, you know, I started out as a psychometrist and hated it. And this is the reason why I went to my I, I tested children all the way from three years old to seniors in high school. And then I would go to my office and I would write reports and then I would go to meetings and I would fight to try to get services for for students. And it's like the bureaucracy, unfortunately, would be, well, what's the least we can get away with by law? And that was not what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So I actually shifted to um, working in private schools, actually. So I started at the Donahoe School in Anniston, Alabama, and I was their psychometrist, but I also taught fourth through sixth grade. (laughs) So I've taught every grade except for second grade. Well, this is, here you are. It's like you're at a second grade class right now. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) So you never underestimate the kindergarten effect. That's something I've learned as an educator, and that's really what I am. A psychometrist, yes, that's my the tools in my toolbox and I do look at things from an assessment standpoint so that has helped me a lot I would say it's a differentiator in my educational background so not everybody has that background but you know assessment's really important for me and as an administrator I use that in terms of looking at data but I also know too that students come to college just like they do in high school and they need special services so understanding you know our responsibility to all students who come to Auburn? It's really important to have that background. It's such a fun word to say too. It is. It yeah, sounds, it's a it, I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds really important. <laughs> too. Well, and you, then you realize, yeah, it's just like you just. <laughs> well, you you come from uh, Jacksonville State. I did. Where you said you'd worked with us uh, athletes there. Mm-hmm. Talk about your time at Jacksonville State. I loved it. I really did. I am so appreciative of the opportunity that I had. It was my first job in higher ed. Uh, The provost at Jacksonville State University, Becca Turner, was my mentor. And uh, my first job was coordinator of academic support for student-athletes. I was basically hired to help the football team get out of academic trouble. So I met every Tuesday morning with the coaches, you know, sat around, and and we I learned about uh, students and the heightened adjustment issues that student-athletes, heightened demands on their time. All of those things were very important to me. My assessment background did help. Um, and I can tell you lots of really wonderful stories, um, but mainly it was because I was allowed as an administrator 
to make some changes in accountability and specifically with the advising and the tutoring and academic support for student athletes, it's really important to have, have that accountability and buy-in from the coaches. So I worked very closely with them. They, we set up a, um, a system where, you know, if a, tu- if a student was missing their tutoring appointment, the coaches got a little text message. <laughs> and so it really raised the bar. And we went from having, honestly, the lowest GPA in the conference to the highest and, and having many, many academic awards. Um, and I think they're continuing that tradition. I worked with some great coaches. You know, John Gross, who's now at Clemson, the, he was Jackson State's head coach uh, when I left. And it was a bittersweet choice to come. But honestly, one of the reasons why I came was to Auburn was, I mean, I feel like it was a blessed opportunity as well, but it was Dr. Roberts. I mean, I was on the fence about coming to Auburn. It's I'm, you know. I was about to say there's a there's a lot of red from Sanford, Jack State, and right. Northport, South Northport. Yeah. There's a lot of red on that resume. Right. So, mm. But yeah. you've told me this story before, and I wanted to make sure that you shared this with mm. our audience um, of that decision of of how he got you to come. Right. Here. So I've learned now that it's it's pretty rare. But I interviewed on a Thursday, got a call from Dr. Karcher on a Friday. This is in October. And then um, they asked me to come back on that Monday to meet with Dr. Roberts because he had not been there during my interview. And so he brought me into his office and he started telling me about his vision for Brown Copal and creating the best student-centered experience in the country. And it was really interesting because you know, I would add a word in there in terms of my educator background, I would say the best student learning center experience in the country, because that's really is what we're about. We're about learning um, and making that learning very student centered means that you're doing a whole lot more than just telling students what classes to take. You're providing a lot of programs and support services. And you could just tell who his energy and vision was very clear. Now, I will say that a, a mentor, well, I don't know if it's a mentor, but a great leader once said that you can do your job essentially in five ways. You can be bad at it. You can be average. You can be good. You can be excellent or you can be elite. And that conversation with Dr. Roberts let me know that he wanted to be elite. He wanted to provide exceptional services. But what it takes to get there is intense focus dedication, commitment, a lot of work. And because and you have to one thing that I really loved about that conversation too, he told me that if he's going to save money, it's not going to be in student services. It's so be I communications knew that, and marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Podcast so, studio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, that really resonated with me. And it was immediately that, you know, I wasn't on the fence anymore. And I mean I'm glad they offered me the job too. I mean I didn't want to take that for granted, but but that sold me, and well, it's been true. Well, and you, you, you weren't here real long, a couple of years, and like we said, Dr. Karcher decides that he's finally hanging up his shingles and, yeah. and he's going to the beach. Uh, <laughs> and talk yeah. about your decision to pursue this assistant dean position. Well, it was just an extension of what we were doing. Um, Dr. Karcher, he loves Auburn and loves Auburn engineering and loves students and his counseling background. You could see it in the way, you know, I got to watch him. Um, and, and in my position, I am having 
sometimes the more difficult conversations with students had a conversation the other day about it with a student that you know engineering is not really an option for this student anymore and and it was it was a difficult conversation but it was what was best for the student and i always saw dr karcher lead with that um what is in the best interest of the student and even though it's not easy conversation to have to know that you can deliver that message and be a dream editor not necessarily a dream killer (laughs) for a student you know and to help them navigate maybe another option and he was really good about that so he set an example for me and and I will say I'm a policy person, and his role was very much about policies, and I am very, um, I'm a rules follower, um, but also am one that will fight, you know, I'll go to the mattresses if I need to, if especially if it's for the benefit of the student. I saw that in Dr. Karcher's, in his position, that he had the opportunity to do that. So that was something that was important for me. And really, I stayed in the same kind of area. You know, I was advising. It gives me the opportunity to work a little bit more closely with academic support and and also be that person that the dean in the office that signs the forms and has the conversations with students when you need to have conversations with them. Sure. Uh, one of the things, you know, you talked about that gets you going with the job, you know, changing lives, lives, changing lives, bottom line. Is there an example of that? I know we got FERPA laws and all that, Steve, and you're a rules follower and all that jazz. (laughs) But is there, I mean, is there one example that kind of just comes to mind of like, you know, Austin talked about, you know, the life cycle, but somebody coming in and then all of a sudden just this, I don't know, the system working, your vision working. Yeah. So, um, I mean, this is, I know this student wouldn't mind me sharing her story. I won't tell you who it is, obviously, but um, I had a phone call one day uh, from a parent and um, concerned about a student who had just been suspended. And I didn't know the student. She was in major. So, you know, in engineering student services, we pretty much deal with the pre-engineering students and then they move into major and and the advisors in the departments take care of those students until they need me for for something else. Well, this student's father called me, and um, I reached out to the student. She came in, and uh, she was struggling with, well, she had attempted suicide. And um, it was something that was, you know, very troubling, obviously. She was struggling with a lot of issues. Um, so we, she committed to meeting with me every week the next semester, even while she was suspended. Uh, Because there was no saving her in that regard, just with gaps and all that, you know, anything that we could do. It's really best for sometimes students need what everybody knows. I say sometimes it's best to have the gift of time. This student needed that, but she needed it with some encouragement and support, which is what our whole office is about. So we met. She worked on the Cal 3, I think she was in at the time, and that was giving her some trouble. And we worked through, um, gave her some online options to kind of build some skills. Um, Ultimately, you know, she got involved in CrossFit and some other things that helped with the mental health concerns. And she ended up being extremely successful. We, We kept, she came back to school, we kept meeting. And ultimately, when she um, graduated, she had three amazing job offers. I mean, and she's doing exceptionally well. So yeah, that's a, that. She gave me a bracelet that I keep on my wrist quite a bit. You know, wear that, and it's a visible visible reminder that yeah, you can make a difference. And like I said, she's an engineer, 
and she's doing exceptionally well. And so I do think about um, her a lot um, because there are those issues where, you know, you just don't know what students are dealing with from a day-to-day basis. I will tell you that um, we ended up having to have a conversation with her her parents. Um, so sometimes we partner with parents to make sure that they're also giving more positive message. Sometimes parents can be hard on their students and not really understand what all's going on and what level of challenge that their student's facing. So as long as I have a student's permission, then we'll bring in a parent and partner with them to help make sure that they have the support even outside of, of our office as well. Man, that's powerful. I wish I would have had you. Keep telling dad. <laughs> Dale, get off my really, back. I mean, yeah. you know, everybody makes Fs. <laughs> Sometimes there are you know yeah. a couple years worth yeah in Jared's I mean, case on. you know but uh you're not enjoying being a grandmother are you oh my goodness well I am so obsessed I actually have three grandchildren but the one that lives here I get to babysit yeah, her all so the time so now we know the favorite so but you know I call her the free range grandbaby I did not know oh that. yeah she's a free range baby my daughter is very much into that lives here she is very much into you know natural parenting mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's amazing what this child can do so <laughs> I, I'm yeah so she's she's a free range grandbaby I, I love, love it, it. I, love it. I love it well can't thank you enough for oh, uh, thank you for you having know, me finally you know <laughs> finally found her way over to the old to, place at least you've listened to one episode <laughs> yeah. in a, we'll make it one and yeah. a half yeah one, one and a half after this one but uh thanks so much for what you do uh, i know uh austin can speak on it you know uh he's more eloquent with that kind of stuff with thanking you for you know folks but but is even when it impresses me, that's when you know. Yeah, oh, you've actually right? done that's something. You know you're <laughs> if doing Jeremy's good, woken man. up and taking yeah. notice, if I'm like, good job, man, this job is actually <laughs> valuable. That's awesome. That's a good position. No, yeah, that's big, big time. So thanks so much. Well, for yeah, awesome. and I, I gotta hear it, it before because we end it with everyone. I'm War Eagle Janet. Oh, War, War Eagle. Eagle. There you we know, go. I can say that unabashedly. You're listening to the hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering.